Welcome back to Speaking of Startups, previously known as the Charlotte Angel Connection. Today, we're excited to release our podcast with Anoop Menon. As you'll learn, Anoop is the founder of Confiance, a software development company originally started in India in 2008, moved to the U.S. in 2013, where Anoop has grown it to over, over 100 employees worldwide. And then he's also the founder of a startup called Stackbench. And the purpose of our podcast today is to talk with him about how the pod or how the startup came about and how he is working to successfully grow both companies. Luke, welcome to the podcast. Super excited to spend the next 50 or 60 minutes with you here today. Thank you. So we're going to have a good time. As you and I know, you have two different businesses that we're going to kind of walk down the path with today. So let's get started with the legacy original business, Confiance, that you started. When did that get up and off the ground? Just timeline real quick. Uh, We started in 2008 in India. You started in 2008 while you were in India. Yes, sir. And... How long did you run Confiance as an entrepreneur in India before you brought it over here to the United States? Uh, five years. So you ran it from 2008 to 2013, and mm-hmm. then you came to the States. As the business has grown and you've worked with other entrepreneurs along the path, uh, startups or mm-hmm. business owners or whatever that have been um, uh, you know, essentially entrepreneurs in the same vein, what what have been some of the challenges and struggles that you faced as an entrepreneur that you've been able to look at those folks and kind of learn from, right? Because you're kind of foot in two camps. You're India entrepreneur originally, and then you moved to the U.S. And so you kind of grew up as an Indian entrepreneur, in, um, and now you're a U.S. entrepreneur. So how have you had to learn the two different worlds that way, right? Is, that, is I guess what I'm trying to get to. I get it. Um, business is done the same way, whether it's U.S. or India. Um, I think one thing that was favoring me was uh, I love actually people finding faults in me, except my wife. <laughs> Understandable, <laughs> dude. So um, even when we were actually really small as an organization, just me and Melissa, who's our CEO, just the two of us, uh, I joined this organization called Vistage. Uh, we, I had like 19 you know, really great board of advisors uh, along with the coach. One-on-one with the coach I get you know, like every, uh, every month. Um, I valued those things. Like instead of people finding faults on me, I'm always you know, that sponge to find like a, what, what I can change, right? So I cannot have an Indian mindset and grow as a U.S. entrepreneur. Why right? is that? What's the culturally? There are some differences. For example, in the U.S., if if there's a meeting at ten o'clock, nine fifty-eight, you're late. Right? If I agree to meet a prospective customer or a customer at ten o'clock, I'll be in their parking lot by nine thirty, because I always can't. You know, I always can't think about. What about parking? I'm driving into somewhere in Charlotte. I've never been, right? So the benefit of the doubt and my OCD and anxiety combined together, I always go in early, right? 
Uh, in India, that is not a big thing. Uh, I think it's most of the Asia, you know, like even if you're late, as far as you let them know, hey, I'm running late, it is kind of accepted. But in the U.S., there's a lot of value for time. Yeah. Right? So I had to make a lot of changes um, when it comes to being punctual, uh, making sure like what I commit to or promise, the promise is kept, right? Uh, otherwise, customers, you know, they, they won't give you a second chance, right? Now, we make mistakes. Everybody do. If you make a mistake, if you apologize and explain why it happened, and also what are the precautions that we have set up that this will not repeat again and stick to that. That's really important. Just precaution, just blind promises will not actually get you anywhere. But we did make mistakes initially. You know, and we'll continue to make more mistakes. Not the older mistakes, but newer ones. You know, we find new variations of those. So definitely that mindset did help me a lot. And I read a lot of books, right? Uh, that also helped me to, you know, like understand, right? Like uh, I'm competing or I'm, I always, you know, put bigger standards for myself. I'm always looking at what other CEOs are doing, right? I cannot go back to, you know, like 19 years uh, old and you know go to Harvard for you know getting out of there right so yeah. I'm competing with those that's those kind of people at some point right so I always try to learn take the good things uh, yeah that's pretty much the, the major transformation I had to do so is it I mean in that space when you talk about competing right mm-hmm. software development over the course of the last probably 20 years has become very commonplace right like 20 years ago is much at least from an outsider's perspective, is much more sparsely populated in terms of the number of firms that are out there. Mm-hmm. It's a more competitive space these days, am I right? It is. So in that competitive space, how how do you carve out your niche, right? How do you carve out your space? And it kind of it started off at being open source mm-hmm. ERP stuff, I mm-hmm. think, right? Like, yeah. But how do you continue to drive and win when you're competing against some folks that are outsourcing India, some folks that are outsourcing to um, what used to be Russia? I don't know where they're going anymore mm-hmm. um, or other places, right? Like how, how does a noob, how does your team differentiate out there in that market space? Got it. So defining a niche is a good idea, right? Uh, we do not want to have too many diversions from our initial core area focus, right? Uh, we get asked about technologies that we never work with, and we actually refer them to somebody else. We don't stand in between. Hey, go talk to this company, you know, like, and give me a feedback later because when I give a referral, I always ask, how do they do, right? Yeah. So staying on that focus is really important. Uh, secondly, one of the biggest mistakes I have seen from other entrepreneurs in the U.S. as well as India is uh, they kind of try to overdo things, Right. Uh, instead of focusing on the customer or the service, they start thinking about, oh, how can I exit, right? Uh, I'm not against, you know, you know, having a plan for exit or succession planning, things like that, but it shouldn't be the first plan, right? You, you need to be uh, fanatically, like, focused on your customer, right? Uh, get the feedback, right? And when you get the feedback, um, you are listening, right? Active listening, right? Uh, the reason I say active listening is uh, most of the people listen to respond, not to understand. That's something I've noticed with, you know, uh, people a lot. 
there would be you know like bad situations with the customer sometimes you know like uh, things will not be going in your favor but you need to stay cool right so um, being focused is really important uh, you also need to say no a lot right um, typically most of the customers from united states are what do you call it? like they, they have they're patient they have a planning right uh, compared to like the middle eastern market like but still we only take those projects that we are 100% confident we can deliver and also the reason that somebody hires you it shouldn't be because you're cheap uh, it shouldn't be because you know like just seeing some fancy you know like ad or anything like that uh, i strongly believe that they should respect you as a professional organization a we are we look forward to working with you because we know that you are the best odoo partner you can take us from here to there and we'll be successful that should be the mindset because uh, we have we we usually run through um, what, what do you call like a customer uh, you know like qualifying metrics uh, if the customer is coming into our office or getting on a zoom call and telling us how to do our business uh, we, we don't actually you know be rude to them or anything at some point we tell them like hey without wasting their time and ours we'll say like hey maybe it's not a right fit for us we don't want to make any enemies yeah but uh, rejecting projects is also really important uh, last not least do not take more than you can chew you know uh, that's something that happens in the service industry a lot you have the capacity to do 10 projects at a time you take 15 uh, sales people go on selling you know like promising the moon yeah right and that is problematic the moment you start getting like customer complaints and things go south now you're actually firefighting then you're not focusing on the product or service. So uh, I can keep on talking about these different points, but essentially, you know, like integrity, uh, being honest, uh, and say a lot more no's so that you stay focused on your core area. So as in software development, you end up, you talk to a lot of different entrepreneurs, you talk to a lot of different business owners, you talk to a lot of people with different ideas about this this or this right and you're also focused on running your own business which mm -hmm. is you know um, doing quite well yes sir you as somewhere down the line over the course of the last couple of years in your own work you've stumbled across another business concept and idea mm -hmm. um how often prior to that like how often did you come up with like sidetrack ideas a new where it was hey, we can do this, or hey, we can do that, or let's give this. Were there a lot of other sidetrack ideas, or were you single-focused along the line? So you're laughing, so I'm feeling like I'm going to get a good story here. <laughs> Definitely. So uh, before I joined Vestage, uh, the people in my Vestage group, and I was in my 20s, uh, we are talking about some of the the most successful CEOs from North and South Carolina, right? Uh, at least there were two people um, who had, you know, their their payroll was like two to three million a month. Like we're talking really large organizations, right? Uh, 
they had this complaint about me that anub will always follow the shiny object ah you missed the shiny object yeah <laughs> they used to make fun of me right but they disciplined me right they asked me to drop a lot of customers there was a time where we had customers in you know maybe 28 countries those were like 26 distractions you know like somebody will wake me up from tokyo japan right asking about something so we fired almost all customers outside the us keeping like one or two from europe and middle east so distractions did happen yeah and there were a lot of distractions in the form of products which i executed when i say executed i actually built a product did nothing for marketing and inside the company there was a talk uh, whether it's my ct or everybody they were like you know they were not happy with the fact that i would start random product ideas execute it then nothing would happen right yeah. uh, so that was the baggage i always had um um when i say baggage building products and not selling them well i mean building a product takes time it takes energy away from organization it's distracting from executing on other ideas and what not right so yeah, i mean your term baggage is right right this it is holding back the growth of the business I understand yes yeah. sir so the major change that i understood is if i need to side track and build a product uh, i need all the right seats to be filled by the right people for confidence so that's where uh, melissa our ceo brought in an eos implementer his name is neil he came and organized everything for us uh, we have been running on eos for more than a year now Uh, actually this is our second year um uh, that helped me to make sure like hey now i can actually take this distraction or more like this opportunity and take it to the next level right uh, that's where stackbench or the unified communication platform that product actually came into being um two and a half years ago we you know we started that right in the middle of that covid uh, pandemic yeah and I couldn't just go and start a start a so stay right there for just a second cuz you kind of glossed over okay what you were um what we're about to kind of launch into which okay. is stackbench right you called it a unified unified communication um, platform yeah so people would shot down a noob's shiny object syndrome right we'll call it a syndrome people would shot it down gotten it cleaned out a noob you can't do this you can't do that you've got to stay focused you've got to stay focused you've got to stay focused and then all of a sudden a new idea comes in what's different about this concept or idea or actually what's different about this concept or idea that said wait a second this isn't a shiny object this is something that we're actually going to pursue so it was not easy yeah <laughs> So, <laughs> nothing in life is is good should be easy right so uh once we implement like once we implemented eos and having this process we had this internal rule that nobody can actually bring in any new project or product without showing the numbers clear marketing strategy how are we going to get there things like that right and the very first time i uh i sat down with uh, our director of sales jason fedel and melissa our ceo 
explain them this is what we are going to do and I had a specific criteria like I need to hire a sales manager for this and there are specific criteria for this this person has served in the law enforcement for a long time uh, this person should be retired or ready to retire uh, possibly this person retired and he has experience selling back to the law enforcement right uh, that kind of a specific you know you know resume they started laughing like it's impossible to find somebody and i was yeah. like okay challenge accepted i'll figure that out okay but they actually fought tooth and nail with me why do confidence needs to go into this right selling to the government selling to state county cities you know small towns um, i had to show them the numbers uh, i had to win their trust one good thing is when you show them how big the market is what what is that opportunity uh, show them with you know like the first year plan second year plan third year plan uh, then they start to understand like okay this is something that we can you know like this is an opportunity that we could pursue right um definitely hiring that person was difficult so a restart to my great friend who runs a really good consulting firm in rock hill south carolina and he got me two real nice candidates and we ended up hiring one person uh, but yeah like for me it was in a moment of what do you call like i felt blessed because I have this history of building products and not selling anything. Uh, we plan like we'll build the product for six to eight months. You know, then we will, we will try to sell. Uh, but we our customers actually came on board faster uh, because uh, the person I hired from CMPD, retired captain, he brought a lot of domain knowledge. Now he he had to teach me on every trade show that go you know how to interact with police chiefs. uh you know like deputies you know and i started learning more about that industry right yeah uh there was a change in mindset too because uh even if a newbie is loosely coupled from confidence everything will run off its own because we got the right people at the right seats thanks to us uh, so i can take those calculated risk and then you know like grow it but yeah it's a it's a challenge yeah yeah So let's stay there for a second though. So we're building custom solutions off of open source ERP platforms for small medium-sized businesses. Those businesses have grown up. Some of them are larger businesses now. We've shedded some clients because our Vistage folks told us that we were spread too thin and it was going to prevent ourselves from growing up. And nowhere in there was any mention of end clients being police chiefs or sheriffs mm-hmm. um but stack bench is a solution that is serving that space mm-hmm. so where in the world did the idea come from uh that's a really good question i used to um work for gaston county sheriff's office uh the retired sheriff alan cloninger is a good friend of mine uh, we met years ago Uh, to be honest when i first met him i didn't even know what a sheriff did right yeah uh, i had I'm, to go and learn <laughs> i'm assuming that probably half the us population doesn't so you weren't alone it wasn't a 
It wasn't that just moved to India problem, I think. <laughs> okay. So we, um, I went in there to help with their website. Uh, they did not have a website. So Sheriff Allen wanted to build a website. It was a long project compared to, you know, like implementing a website for a small and medium, medium business. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because uh, everything was in-person meetings. I was demoing. Uh, finally, the website went live. They are really happy. So early 2020, I flew back from India on February. Uh, March, everything is shutting down, right? Yeah. And that's the election year. Everybody was freaking out. Oh, we, I think we all remember. <laughs> <laughs> so um, back of my mind, you know, based on my experience, because I've seen the 2008 recession. Right. Yeah. I knew that this is this is not going to last for a long time. Uh, every day we will actually get a phone call from a customer. Uh, they will ask like a, they might be you know like a having a one year contract. They just renewed a month ago. They'll be like, can we pause everything? And these were genuine you know like requests because they're like, hey, we are manufacturing all these things. Trucks cannot enter California. That's our biggest market. Can you help? Yeah. So one thing we agreed was we would not actually let go any employees, number one. Uh, the second thing was we will never be rude with our customers. We asked them, like, can you, like, if you put me on a spot, it's difficult. Give me one more month while we figure out, right? We never said, like, oh, the contract says 12 months. You yeah. have to pay for the 12 months. No, we didn't ever did that, right? But I told them, like, what I would appreciate is if you, the moment things are getting better, get back to us, right? That will actually help us to, you know, use the same resources. Because I'm not going to hold the resources. Whichever opportunity comes, I'll take it. Because we were getting, the phone was ringing. Everybody wanted to post their projects, right? Like, this was scary. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? And everybody was freaking out because... How many of us have seen a pandemic before? Uh, I I had to Google the word pandemic to understand, right? I thought epidemic and pandemic were the same thing. It's not. Yeah. So things were really slow. The revenue was going down, and we had to adjust a lot of things, right? Uh, there was one question, and we uh, the the first point I mentioned to you, we would not let go anybody. That's because. We didn't have any bad employees to fire. Everybody yeah. was killed, good people, on the you know, right people in the right seats. So what do we do with these developers? Uh, to balance things, we noticed like our ERP opportunities skyrocketed. Because now people are like, oh my God, I need a software to run the business, right? Even if, you know, we have to discount the rate, you know, hey, we have, you know, like all of our employees are salaried, by the way. So India and the US. We had to take all those ERP projects. At the same time, on the other end, you know this industry really well with startups. The mobile app startups were not getting funded. Nobody was confident on, you know, like investing money. So we have a bunch of mobile app developers sitting there, right? And this was the right time for Anoop to get into a distraction, right? <laughs> so I had this idea to build an app specifically for law enforcement. I knew, like, if I go and say that when there are a lot of customer projects running, like, everybody inside the company would freak out. Sorry. So I reached out to our sheriff and told him, like, I want to build an app for your uh, agency. Uh, they call it sheriff's office. Uh, 
uh, I want all the domain knowledge. In return, you'll get the app for, for free. But keep in mind, we are leasing you the app. We want we will continue to improve the app based on you know talking to all these different departments, and then we will actually start selling it to other states, counties, cities, right? Uh, he welcomed the idea. So they gave a lot of, you know, lot of uh, feedback, uh, domain knowledge and everything. Um, that's where it all started. Then I knew like, if I need to take this to the market, I need somebody who knows the industry really well. That's where Ken was a right fit, uh, 30 years, retired captain from CMPD. Then he did sales. He also teaches police departments across the country. Uh, he had that go-getter kind of a mentality. So we gelled really well. Uh, I, I'll always remember on the interview, he said, I knew it's all based on trust. We, I, I cannot come on board until I learn about your business, who you are, and how we are selling, how we'll take care of our existing customers, right? So everything fell into the right place. Uh, that's how, you know, like I got support from the team. The technology team, as well as operation finance, uh, Jason was happy seeing the uh, the kind of success we were getting because we were we onboarded customers earlier than we planned. So, yeah, that, that's the story about Stackbridge. So it evolved out of a single relationship. Timing was right, and the relationship led you to see the challenges and opportunities as a result of those challenges that that target market ended up having, right? It's kind of related to what I said earlier about before I start a conference, you know, I had to deal with a lot of this bigger Fortune 100 space uh, companies who are clients. Um, the law enforcement or government in general, uh, they have this problem where many of the software companies, they have a cookie cutter kind of a setup you know, like software made in the 90s or early 2000, make as much money as possible, you know, reselling those uh, licenses. Uh, there's a lot of scope for innovation um, and also listening to these people, right? Um, when I, you know, I call it the persona when it comes to, you know, like different people who use a piece of software, like, a police chief will tell you the pain points that he sees in a first hand, right? But a lieutenant or a deputy or somebody on patrol, their pain points are different, right? So you need to talk to uh, all the different, you know, like different, what do you call ranks uh, in the police or the sheriff and then understand, right? Then you need to translate that into how can I solve it easily, right? That's an important part. You don't want to build a complicated pro product that nobody will use. Yeah. So when Ken was hired, we already had like 60% of the product already built, right? And I wanted to make sure like this is something that uh, the police departments will be easy for, uh, for them to use it easily, right? Uh, he still makes fun of me about this. Uh, somebody with 30 years of experience, you know, like uh, he has served so many different roles at CMPD, worked with the Fetch. Uh, they're all about the SOPs, standard operating procedures, right? So 
we met in our Charlotte office, the Uptown office at that time. And we set him up on the laptop, uh, gave him the Google Suite email that we use, uh, set him up on the Slack, showed him like how to use it. Then once I reach home and send him an email, hey, this is a URL to the backend, this is a login, uh, this is a password for you. And this is a place where you can actually download the, you know, like the test application. Yeah. Go figure it out. <laughs> for somebody who had, you know, strict directions from superiors as well as, you know, like all the SOPs. Yeah, you must do this, this, he, this, Yeah, this, he this, was, this. even he yeah. still makes fun of me. He went to his wife and asked, like, what is a new thinking? Like, he just asked me to figure out, right? Yeah. So, um, th- three days after that, we met in Belmont. We were grabbing lunch. And I'm actually leaving out of the country for like two weeks. So this will be the last time we meet before, you know, I leave out of the country. Uh, he opened the laptop. He had the MiFi device, everything set up. He demoed the whole thing back to me. Oh, that's awesome. So super simple for a new person to walk into and use. Exactly. So, and I was like, uh, Ken, I'm sorry I put you on a spot like this. But I wanted to figure out whether you can actually use this. Yeah. And he made fun of me, like, is that a way, you know, the dumb test or something on me? I'm like, no, 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 it's nothing to be, you know, like not being respectful or anything. But if I make it too complicated, our plan is to sell to all the 50 states. There are so many police departments, fire departments, sheriffs, U.S. Marshals, so many different entities there, right? Uh, if we need to go in and train like it's not a scalable business right Uh, that was the first time i understood like hey we are actually doing something right the second surprise was the first two customers who went live so ken was planning to go down to south cal both were from south cal marion and lawrence Uh, both the chiefs actually called ken and said cancel the trip we figured out how to use it it's so easy so that was kind of a reflection like hey we are doing the right thing um, then we further used our uh, user experience person to further make it easier. Uh, that is important because I can build a product, I can sell it, but if it is not scalable, then that would actually bring a lot, you know, like managing, maintaining those customers, like that will be a problem. Yeah. Right? So, uh, yeah, overall, you know, like I'm happy with the, the direction that we took. Still learning a lot of things, by the way. Yeah, no, absolutely. So... Let's talk difference in growing the business perspective, right? Like Confiance, the legacy business, the business that you've you've had going back to India since at least 2008 is ERP, serving small and mid-sized businesses. And how did you grow that business over time? That was more through referrals and online marketing is that right? Do I do I get it correct in that perspective, Anoop? Um, you are right. Plus a plus a few other things. A right? few other things being not like the way you're growing Stackbench, right? Because Stackbench, you're going to you're going to conferences and mm-hmm. you know local municipalities or local states and whatnot, right? So mm-hmm. the um, the difference in a mindset shift for you and thinking about this business versus that business, how easy has it been is where I'm trying to get us to, right? Agreed. I get it. So confidence 
as a services company, we depend a lot on SEO, search engine optimization, referrals a lot, word of mouth. It's easier to sell to SMBs because if you if you if you actually refer somebody to me, that person already has like thirty percent confidence already on me. Yeah. Then the the next seventy percent, I need my team has to prove it. I have to prove it, right? Um, selling to the government is an entirely different animal, right? Uh, definitely, they look up to you. Um, the very first uh, trade show, or we call it the uh, the police chiefs conference. The first one we went was South Carolina, where we had an actual booth. Uh, we got two customers there on the very first one. Which has to be a good hit rate, right? I don't know if a hit rate is probably the wrong term when I'm talking about the law enforcement, but to pick up two customers at the first conference, you had to feel pretty good about that. It was, it was. Uh, you know, like we fo- we focused at that time and still focus on those customers. Uh, I talk to those chiefs from time to time, uh, understand like how people are using the software. Uh, it's really important because... Uh, Relationships is everything, right? Um, honestly, we did not expect to close anything on that trade show. Uh, that I won't say we got lucky, but we were in the right place at the right time with two chiefs, you know, who are innovative and you know ready to take you know like a chance, right? Yeah. The second time, you know, we'll be going there. You know, like of course they are seeing us on LinkedIn or other social media. How many trade shows that we are attending? You know, like even. They talk to prospective chiefs, you know, who ask for a reference. So they know, like, and we keep them updated too, right? Because um, the major difference that they told us compared to other providers is, hey, this is the software, use it, right? Uh, Can you do these, these, and these, right? Things that they're pain points, they'll say like, yeah, we can try, then no follow-up, right? Uh, do not get me wrong. We are not actually getting tangents and building everything that everybody gives a comment about. Um, but we actually, we, we have a Google document. We call it the wish list from police. Yeah. Sheriffs. So every department name, you know, like we write down like everything. And we group them, right? If If seven or 20 chiefs ask about the same thing, right? Then we pick it up for development. We do our research and see like whether that is something we can actually incorporate into that. Um, like we cannot have too many tangents because it has to be once one product or you know like different units. A little bit of separation is there for sheriff versus a police department because they do a lot of different things. But yeah, like listening to them that does help a lot. But it's a big difference between the sales cycle for confidence uh, versus, you know, selling to the police departments or sheriffs. Uh, but I can tell you, at the end of the day, it's, a, it's all based on relationship, trust, and also h- how good of a customer service that you provide, right? Like, uh, I think that's the basis of any successful business. So then initially the the opportunity that's out there with Stackbench is show up at conferences, build relationships with as many uh, 
police chiefs and sheriff's offices as is necessary to continue to grow the business. But ultimately, I would imagine at some point down the line, you want it to be more like an SMB where it's a referral based engine. You're not having to go to a conference in every city or town or state because it then becomes more scalable. You've built more trust because now you've got hundreds of different sheriffs and police offices that are using it. Mm -hmm. And that then propels it to kind of really take off. Is that, is that in the mindset as you continue to charge forward a new? Yes. So every product company at one point, they need to choose whether they want to stay as a product company or whether they want to be a product company with services, right? Uh, for me, you know, at least on the Confian side, we resell other products, right? Acumatica, Odoo, you know, uh, the ERPs. Uh, we know that building a partnership program is the best way to, you know, to sell across the United States, right? Um, most of the police and the sheriff conferences happen at the same time. Because winter conference, fall, spring, summer. Summer and winter are usually the bigger conferences. How many states actually we can be there at the same time? You know, it's not even possible to travel like that, right? Yeah. So either you need an army of people to do that, or you can actually have partners, right? So we started cultivate, building and cultivating those relationships. So we'll be adding our first reseller slash partner who serve Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Ohio State, right? So their name is Law Enforcement Agency. Uh, initially, I met one of their team members. Uh, I think it was the South Carolina Sheriff's Conference. Then we met their owner uh, at the Georgia Police Chiefs Conference. You know, we went out for dinner, you know, like, they're also the building that trust is important, right? The CEO and I, you know, we spend a lot of time together. Um, what we envision, you know, like with Stackbench, uh, they can only sell a lot of hardware products. They are really hungry. They, you know, they have existing relationships. Um, the good thing is, once we have this partnership, you know, the resellers actually, you know, like set up across all the states, we want to get out of that sales process. When I say we want to get out of the sales process, even when we get a lead, we want to look at, hey, who can handle this? Okay, Mr. Matt in San Jose, California, let him handle it locally though, right? So I think that's a business model we are looking at. Uh, that is where we can grow. Uh, it's a win-win because uh, we can also train these resellers to provide like in-person services, you know, things like that. They'll help us grow really well. Um, our mark, we have an outsourced marketing agency, you know, like reaching out to all these departments. Uh, we get like eight to 10 leads a week. It was funny because uh, I had to ask Ken, is it even legal to send a solicitation email to a police chief? And he was like, yeah, it is. Yes. <laughs> but if they click on subscribe, then do not do not reach out to them, right? Yeah. But our marketing company, you know, they're based out of Bulgaria, you know, like they're really smart people. Uh, they actually came up with something that was really, you know, like, attending or answering that problem that we have in the United States right now. Uh, and they did a, a great job. We continued to get all the leads. Uh, Ken will do the demo. But going back to your initial question, uh, 
this is not the only product we are going to build for you know law enforcement right uh, already uh, another product is in the in the back burner which is actually we are working on uh, that will actually revolutionize you know because uh, when you have so many friends or colleagues you know like people who trust you who are police chiefs across the country who are connected with you on linkedin when you tell them like hey i'm trying to solve something like this what do you think they give you open and honest feedback because they trust this person right so definitely there are more products to be built uh, and my my mind actually works in that way right i'm i'm always like 3 to 5 years ahead i'm always thinking uh, i'm on a green card right now uh, in a year i'll be applying for us citizenship like when i got the green card i i was thinking about okay i need to have this many you know happy customers with innovative solutions across the government sector law enforcement you know right but when i get the us citizenship i need to go get a department of defense clearance because ultimately we want to build really innovative solutions for the federal government of course you know like it's always the building blocks that you know like make you reser i'm really patient with you know slowly moving but you have to put that one step every day right uh, if you actually go pitch for a innovative idea to federal government agency uh, including you know like um, marines or you know like army or navy there'll be questions right we have a department of defense clearance i need to be a citizen first to get that right yeah uh, secondly how many government entities you work with so i'm about you know like connecting these dots Uh, I've also learned that you don't need to explain that to everybody in the business. Yeah. <laughs> Because some people will be they do not think that way. It's okay that's not their job role, right? That's my job role, right? Um uh, but there are people in the company who connect the dots that way. But overall the bigger picture is create resellers. Uh treat them really well. Treat them like our employees. Make an ecosystem that make them win and then go back to the whiteboard you know build products and solutions for the industry to make them better listening to their problems not assuming like hey, this is one the police department wants so so then you're taking the model that's helped make you successful is it odu is that right the company that you resell the products for is that the name of odu odu yeah so you so you have been a successful reseller of Odoo's open source platform to SMBs mm-hmm. and it's allowed you to grow successfully your kind of core we we'll call it core legacy business confiance. Mm-hmm. So Correct. that models worked well for you and I assume that you've also recognized that it worked well for Odoo. And so you've now taken that and you're going to create the same business model with Stackbench where you're going to provide the software but the companies that already have established relationships with police chiefs, sheriffs and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that might not necessarily sell them software but they sell them other things, you're going to open up your software so that they can sell it and push it through, I shouldn't say push it through, but essentially push it through the channels mm-hmm. at a much faster clip than you could hire a sales force for. That is correct. Yeah, like How long did it take you to make that connection that hey wait a second this is the best way for me to do it right was it a light bulb moment did you know it from the very beginning 
or what was it that made it click, Anoop? So initially, it was all about it's a prototype. We're testing the water, right? Um, me and Ken going to these conferences. Uh, Ken showed me a lot of things how to, like I said, how to talk to a police chief, you know, how to talk to a sheriff. You know, I was I was all listening more than understanding from him, right? Yeah. Uh, because they talk the same lingo, right? Yeah. Um, one of the things I did with all these conferences, we might have gone to at least nine conferences across all the way from Florida to Virginia. Um, I spent a lot of time talking to vendors too. So one thing I noticed is 80% of vendors, they're a reseller, right? Larger companies like Axon, they are directly there. You know, they sell, they might be the largest manufacturer or reseller of uh, body cameras and things like that. Yep. So there were only very few direct OEMs. Everybody else was a reseller, right? So, and I started meeting many of these resellers and, you know, we started making friendships, right? Like, uh, you know, like, hey, I'll be there for the Virginia conference and I'm going to South Carolina. We'll meet there. Yeah, you know, like that, that, that kind of relationship started happening. So I observe, you know, like how everybody's operating because we do not want to reinvent the wheel there, right? Uh, like I said, logically, it's impossible to attend so many conferences, right? Because uh, you need 50 people to start with. For the At 50 minimum, states. yeah, yeah. At minimum. Yeah. Uh, plus the logistics of, you know, like the everything that's required for the booth, moving them, you know, flying down, you know, like things like that, you know, because um, they choose different cities in the for different events. Even the same police department do that, right? Yeah. So we always want to look at like how we can have a, a force multiplier, right? Uh, because this is a product that can actually helps, you know, like not only help police department, but also help citizens, right? Like keeping the neighborhood safe, um, even having the peace of mind for a police chief, right? Like I know what's happening, right? Uh, like honest communication between police office, I mean, between people within the department as well as externally, when you communicate with uh, people outside. Um, I was surprised that everybody, they were engaging on these trade shows. They were asking more questions. Um, they all understand, like, we need solutions like this to take policing to the next level. Uh, especially, most of the departments are way understaffed right now. More people are retiring from the force and less people are actually joining the police. The police academy, you know, like all, most of the institutions, a number of people joining has gone down. So they need more automation. Uh, they need more tools to, you know, have the officer's time, you know, wisely used. Um, so putting all those things together, you know, like uh, I like to connect the dots, like I said. Um, we shouldn't be worrying or, you know, like spending too much money on the sales side. Uh, we should be focusing more on how to build or improve the products or the product lines, uh, making it better for everyone. So as we kind of start to think of wrapping up, um, you're going to these different conferences 
you're meeting different folks. Um, you starting off kind of in South Carolina, right? It's yeah. kind of your target market. Um, Ken's the police chief that you hired to help you police navigate. Captain. Yeah, police captain. Sorry, police captain that you've hired. At what point in time does he tell you that you can't always wear a Clemson branded watch? That sometimes <laughs> you could wear a South Carolina branded watch. <laughs> I knew you would actually bring the Clemson thing. I mean, I'm sitting here staring at your Clemson brand and watch the whole time. I, and I'm thinking that some police chiefs in South Carolina might not actually like Clemson and others might. So uh, it, it's a great conversation starter. Yeah, you know? like, so two things in my life that always, you know, brings a good conversation to get started is one is I always introduce myself as a noob. Snoop Dogg, Snoop with the A. Yeah, no. I got chiefs who calls me Snoop Dogg, you know, calling me, hey, Snoop Dogg, yeah. I have a question, man, right? That's true. So just like that, the Clemson also, you know, like comes to the picture. Uh, but again, I never went to Clemson, right? Like as a first generation immigrant here, uh, I grew up playing and watching cricket and soccer, right? Uh, when I came to this country, um, I had I needed something to you know get accepted or you know like be together with Americans like this is my this is a country that you know my adopted country yeah. I can call that it's a land of opportunities everybody told me to go play learn and play golf tried it oh my god didn't work well <laughs> oh, no. yeah <laughs> so uh, I wanted to learn American football that was you know NFL is the premier the most successful league in the world right. And I never knew that at that point, like college football or college sports is a commercialized thing in America. So one of my customer, uh, he's now the mayor of our town and also you know, works for one of our customers. Uh, he got me into, hey, you need to come with me for a tailgating, uh, game, tailgating at Clemson Memorial Stadium. He yep. took me there. I got hooked. <laughs> so I never, just to make sure, I never went to Clemson. But honestly, like in the last 10 years, being a Clemson fan, that was, you know, like that was not bad, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, overall, you know, whether it's ACC or it's going into uh, uh, those games, you know, like uh, it's awesome. Yeah. But I can tell you one thing. I, I once walked into, this was on my vacation uh, in Charleston, South Carolina. So one of the evenings, my uh, my wife was tired, and she was like, "Why don't you go out?" Uh, me and Katie, the kids were like to stay at the hotel, the resort we were staying. She told me, "Why don't you take an Uber and go, you know, like have some fun?" So I walked into a, I forgot the name of this bar. Uh, I walked into a bar wearing a Clemson hat. I watched like this with the Clemson emblem and a big Clemson hoodie. It was actually winter time. I did not know that I'm actually walking into the official Gamecocks <laughs> fan <laughs> awesome. fan bar, right? Yeah. Everybody was staring at me, <laughs> but I can tell you, I, I reached at like eight and I left like eleven p.m. Yeah. late night. Everybody was hugging me when I left. Yeah. You know that that's one thing. You know, like you can walk into you know like people who have different you know, opinions or, you know, like rivalry, but just because, you know, like I always treat people really nice. That's something, you know, I'm good with valuing, maintaining relationships. So, you know, like, and I would never be the bad guy. Yeah. You know, like when NC State actually beat 
Clemson. Now, I, I would have been the first person, Clemson fan to text you like, good game. You guys did good, you know, like, or did great. Yeah. Because I'm always about, you know, like, it's all about give and take when it comes to, you know, respect, trust, everything. You know, you have to earn it, but also, if you guys did a great job, you know, like, yeah. So, which brings me, is kind of how I wanted to close the note, because, I mean, again, we're going to go, and I'll make a general statement. It's probably unfair for me to make this statement, but you're going into South Carolina, into Georgia, into Florida, into Virginia, sheriffs, um, and, um, and police departments, you might say that they have one point of view or another, whatever point of view it is, it's oftentimes that segment of the population is American-centric, right? Like, mm-hmm. they love America. Yeah. Um, and let's admit what we already know, because you told us at the beginning of the podcast, you're not from here, right? It's your adopted country. Mm-hmm. So how how have you been able to close that gap so quickly to allow the South Carolina fans to accept a noop in three hours or to allow the um, police departments that might more historically favor by American, which would mean the guy that they grew up with next door rather than by Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I think people have different type of skill sets, right? Um, I believe that the good skills we have, you know, we need to improve that. There are certain things we cannot improve or do anything about, right? For example, I cannot even draw a straight line using a scale and pencil. I cannot draw. I cannot dance. My wife tells me, like, i got two left legs. Yeah. <laughs> right? I cannot dance. It like, just doesn't happen. So certain things... You know, genetically, you are not blessed with. Yeah. I can't sing. I can sing, by the way. <laughs> so, um, one thing I've learned is, you know, like, we need to identify what our strengths are, what are the skill sets you have moderate skill set, and what you cannot do, right? Like, if I try to become an actor, that'll be a horrible, I'll do a horrible job, right? So, one of the best skill set I have is... Being honest and, you know, like being good with people. Uh, I put a lot of value into relationships, right? So even if I'm a Clemson fan, you know, dressed up all orange, when they knew who this person is, you know, like they will actually become a lifelong fan. They will still actually send me text, you know, like, but I have this ability to make friends. Uh, If I'm in... Like, I was in Belgium for, like, three or four days for the Odoo trade show. And there are people I added from there on LinkedIn, you know, like, we talk, you know, like, whenever time permits. Uh, everywhere, you know, like, when they get to know me, I'm not saying I'm a saint or anything. Don't get me wrong. There's not bragging time. But uh, if I cannot do something, I'll say it openly. Otherwise, if there's a teeny tiny possibility I can help someone, I try to help. Um and I'll never try to be a jerk. Maybe that's a reason that, you know, people accept me. Uh, I don't trash talk a lot. I make fun of people, too. Yeah. I, you know, I like, you know, some pranks and things like that. But 
usually when people get to know me they understand like hey, he's he's an okay guy yeah. he won't harm me right so yeah maybe that's you know that is something and i'm still figuring out but uh, i'm good with the relation people tend to like me yeah well it's um and it's been great to see here and kind of get a chance to learn more about confiance learn more about the Uh, I want to say pivot because stack bench isn't even really a pivot, right? It's a, it's a whole new business line as it comes out mm-hmm. or business opportunity as it comes out. But then just to s- kind of connect the dots of how you've been able to essentially walk into a country nine years ago and grow out now two businesses with us based clients and customers, especially one that um, I think is an Austin awesome Testament to what you just said, which is, people have to trust you really quick and get past maybe biases that they have otherwise just because you're such a fantastic person. So anyways, been super cool to have the podcast. Certainly enjoyed learning about both businesses and um, wish you continued success with both of them, Anoop. Awesome. Thank you, William. Thank you for having me. Link the city's owner of and an investment advisor representative of Portis Wealth Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Portis Wealth Advisors. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Portis Wealth Advisors does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. Investments described herein may be speculative and may involve a substantial risk of loss. Interest may be offered only to persons who qualified as accredited investors under applicable state and federal regulation or an eligible employee of the management company. There generally is no public market for the interest. Prospective investors should particularly note that many factors affect performance, including changes in the market conditions and interest rates and other economic, political, or financial developments. Past performance is not and should not be construed as indicative of future results.